Welcome to Thinking Outside the Soil with your host, Shani Alfalfa Seed, where we get to talk story and touch on topics about hydroponics and the farmers who grow the crops and creatures we need to eat. Good morning, good morning, and hello from Blooming Health Farms. And thank you for being with me on this beautiful morning. It is a gorgeous day here, the day before summer, and I love that the sun just comes up so quickly. The birds are chirping, and uh, yeah, it's a gorgeous day. So I hope you have a wonderful start to the summer season. I wanted to talk more about hydroponic fodder with you today. I have previously done an episode about the ABCDs of hydroponic fodder, so this is a bit of a revamp for those that are now tuning in. The great Thomas Jefferson once wisely stated that the greatest service which can be rendered any country is to add a useful plant to its culture. And I literally could not agree more. I believe that one of the most useful plants that we are adding to our agricultural system is hydroponic fodder. So as we dive into the world of hydroponic farming, we tend to see that many traditional field crops or even weeds that farmers use to feed livestock are excellent candidates for hydroponic fodder. However, some of those crops that we grow or kill as weeds perform better than others under hydroponic conditions. So seed selection becomes a very crucial decision to produce the highest quality fodder and manage your farm effectively. So in this episode, I am going to explore some of the crops that have shown great promise in hydroponic farming. And there are seven of them that I like to talk about and they feature in my book, Thinking Outside the Soil. And they are alfalfa, barley, corn, cowpea, clover, duckweed, and sunflower. So I call them the ABCs of hydroponic fodder. But before we dive into today's show, I do have a small request. If you're enjoying this show or any others, please be so kind as to leave a review, share your thoughts, your likes, your wishes, and don't forget to let others know why they should stick around as well and hit the subscribe button so you get our latest episodes. The ABCDs of fodder. Now, these seven crops are used in traditional field cultivation or commonly used for animal feed. So I am going to discuss, rather, I am going to, I'm going to give us an overview of these crops availability, the potential yields, how efficiently these crops use water, and what is their nutritional value when we grow them hydroponically versus field forage. So one of the questions I get asked often is what should you grow for your animals? Well, I like to say that you should start with what you already know and or buy for your animals. And that could be the forage seed that you plant and pasture, or maybe even the hay seed or grain that you harvest. Now, when we speak of availability, we want to say that when sourcing your seeds, try to first look at your existing supply chain. 
Look at a seed supplier nearby to get your bulk seed. And look for those that are already in this world. Those that are selling seed for traditional uses and or those that are selling seed for microgreens and the like. It's important to recognize that different regions are going to have different types of crops and different seeds. So that availability will largely depend upon seasonal crop yields, costs, and the other factors. One of those factors could be the, the price, which may vary, but the more you buy, usually the better you, the better you get, the better deal you get. So small farmers out there might be okay with only a few pounds at a time because they are still growing up their operation. Whereas larger farms, need to buy bags of 50 pounds or more or buy by the 100 weight totes. Switching gears slightly to yield, these seven crops have comparable yields to each other when grown under hydroponic cultivation. And this is completely different and contrasts when we look at those crops grown in the field. So under hydroponic conditions, these seven crops get significantly high yields, but when grown in the field, there is so much variation between the differences. The crops grown conventionally do not yield the exact weight of green plant matter as the hydroponic fodder, if that makes sense. Now it is often understood that hydroponic crops use water a lot more efficiently than crops grown traditionally. And one of the ways that we measure the water use in plants is by looking at the total amount of green matter that is produced given a certain amount of water used. And this is called the water use efficiency of a plant. So how much plant matter do we get when we use a certain amount of water? And it compares how well different crops use water when grown under different conditions. And it is a ratio that we define with a number. So the larger the number, the better the crop can use water. Many of the hydroponic crops that I wrote about in my book have a water use efficiency in the hundreds, whereas the field crops, the same plants grown in the field, have a water use efficiency in the teens or less, so under 20. That's a significant difference in how well plants can use fodder, can use water when just grown differently. And the last big thing I wanted to bring up were these crops nutritional properties. Many of these crops are well studied and there is a lot of information available about how healthy these plants are in all kinds of outside literature and it's a bit out of the scope of this particular episode. Yet from a hydroponic fodder perspective, there are significant health benefits 
to growing the grain and seed hydroponically versus conventionally in a soil system. However, there are significant gaps with some of the hydroponic crops. Therefore, more work must be done to study the nutrition of these crops and other crops grown under hydroponic cultivation when used for animal feed. And there's always more work to be done. While doing the research for this book, I came across a lot of challenges. And one of those challenges is that much research is published in the international standard of metric units. And those of us that are American farmers can lose interest if we have to do math in our heads and convert metric measurements into those that we grew up with. So when writing Thinking Outside the Soil, I did my best to simplify the metric terms for the sake of conversation. So I converted the metrics into imperial units used by us U.S. farmers. For example, I mentioned water use efficiency. Water use efficiency is traditionally measured in grams or kilograms per liter of water. So I had to literally translate the liters into gallons and then the tons into American tons or bushels. And so I've seen as we are talking more and more about hydroponics and hydroponic cultivation that there is a lack of concern for how the farmer reads information and processes information. And I believe that it is a huge barrier to speak from a highfalutin perspective, to speak really nerdy to farmers and then expect that we're all going to adopt hydroponic fodder. So thinking outside the soil and this podcast is an attempt to bring together conversations from farmers, ranchers, and policymakers so we can see how to use these crops differently. So do check out more in our other episodes. But if you can't wait to learn more, go ahead, head on over to Thinking Outside the Soil and get yourself a copy of my book and just jump into chapter four, which is all about the ABCDs of fodder. Though that is all I have for us today. Head on over to thinkingoutsidethesoil.com to learn more about hydroponic fodder. And as a special gift, and as a special gift to you as my listener, don't forget to check out all of my links below, especially the free sprouting video. So follow the show, get the book, watch that video, so you don't miss out on becoming part of this next agricultural revolution. Thank you for being with me on today's show and join us again on another episode of Thinking Outside the Soil. Take care and have a lovely day. Hey, before you go, check out the links below. And if you'd be so kind as to leave a rating and review and follow the show. For those with feathered friends, don't forget to get yourself some of our Blooming Health Farms Chicken Blend Sprouting Mix. This supplemental mix has been shown to give you some of the best eggs with the yummiest yolks. You'll have happy, healthy hens that abandon the feeder and give you eggs with high levels of vitamin A and omega fatty acids. So don't forget to get yourself some Blooming Health Farms Chicken Blend Sprouting Mix.